Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. I am hungry for, I'm hungry for more of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Welcome to church this morning, those that are viewing or listening online, podcast, Facebook, whatever option you are choosing. Um, we are honored that you are a part, those that are visiting with us today. You are no longer a visitor. You are family in this house. Always has been, always will be family. Amen. So if you brought your Bibles, um, get ready to turn with me in just a second. How many brought your Bibles with you? How many have a glowing Bible? Let me see that thing. Do y'all even remember what a real Bible looks like? I'm just curious. Just checking, asking for a friend. His name is Jesus. <laughs> so last week we started this collection of talks. It's actually not a collection. It's going to be a two-part series um, because uh, last week I thought we were going to move all the way through it, but the Holy Spirit just kind of kind of worked on me a little bit on, on this area, and so we're going to move, move into part two today from a talk that I entitled simply this, Finding Freedom from Loneliness. Somebody say loneliness. All by myself, don't want to be. Well, guess what? You don't have to be. Y'all remember that song, All By Myself? I don't want to be. Well, guess what? The good news is you don't have to be. If you're alone, it's by your choice. Hey, smack you around a little bit today already. Just coming out the gate, just swinging today. I'm going to be honest, though. When, when, I, when, when the Holy Spirit started putting this, this talk in me about four weeks ago, those of you that weren't here uh, need to understand something. Last week, need to understand. This talk kind of came um, even before Don and Debbie were going to be here. And so, so they came. It was a great service. And then Adam and Sarah shared on marriage, and that was a great service. And, and I told you last week, I, I, I was like, God, are you sure that I'm supposed to be talking on loneliness? Like, this doesn't really, this isn't like an encouraging word. Like, surely can't Amy and I bring the table back up like Adam and Sarah did and sit out here and, and everybody just love us? And instead of talking about an area that is so um, sensitive to all of us, and because every one of us are dealing with it, because honestly, when, when I started putting this together, I really wasn't sure how this one was going to hit. I wasn't sure how this word would be received, and, but after talking with many of you after service and some of you throughout the week, I recognized that we are dealing with this subject of loneliness more than we are letting on. Um, and so today I want to relay some groundwork and then pick up where we left off last week. So last week I told you that there was a survey that was taken in 2020. What a coincidence. That was, that was the year that uh, we were um, intentionally put in a room, told how many people could be in that room. Maybe not in our state, but in other states. Um, you could only have so many people at your house. You know, how many remember those days? You're like, let's not talk about it. Just keep on moving, Pastor. Okay, thank you. I will. But in 2020, they did a survey, and 36% of those that responded to the survey reported having experienced serious loneliness. This one caught me even more, that 61% of young people ages 18 to 25 reported having a miserable degree 
of loneliness. That means that every one in three people in the country don't just feel lonely sometimes, but we're experiencing the emotions and the feelings of loneliness all the time. Come on, somebody. Anybody just want to say, yep, I've been there. Been there. And so have I. So you can think of it this way. More than half of you in this room right now are dealing with loneliness or have dealt with loneliness on a regular basis, at least within the past 30 days. I believe one major contributing factor, and I told you this last week, of loneliness is the fact that we tend to hide, don't open up about our our deepest wounds and our deepest hurts. Therefore, we struggle with loneliness. Think about it. When we get hurt by someone, what's the natural instinct? Huh? What do we naturally want to do? We want to do whatever we can to prevent that hurt from happening again. Whether it's a person or a thing or, 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 or a situation, whatever it is, we do everything we can. So what we do is we find a place where we can isolate ourselves behind what we're protected by. <laughs> it's so funny, I went to an event last night. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's like, be careful about being, being honest. I will. And again, I, I hid behind a hat that I don't typically wear. And if I wear a hat, I always flip it around backwards. But because of the environment that I was in and because I know people were, can be judgmental, I flipped it around and tucked it low so you couldn't see my eyes unless I gave you permission. And that means I looked up. I'm just, I'm just being honest. The Holy, I know Amy's like, sometimes you just talk too much. No, as I was saying it, I'm trying to tell you that this thing is working out literally as I'm delivering it today. Because I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, this out, this, this is a preach. But just within the past 24 hours, I did the exact same thing. When I got back behind the table, he showed me not a table, but a hat that I wore last night so that I could keep it down low and not, I, didn't have to, I didn't have to make eye contact with anybody because I'm wondering what. Do you know half the time people really aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are? He just told me that too. So, so y'all just watch Pastor get a spanking right there. Bam! And I just show. See, I could have kept that to myself. I could have made y'all think that Pastor has it all together and that, you know, I'm talking about y'all's secret moments. See, we've convinced ourselves that isolation is a place that will provide shelter and protection and will keep us from in a healthy place. Can I tell you today, church, that isolation will actually make you sick? In 2017, a medical research team discovered that after just a few hours of isolation, a few hours, isolation can lead to a distorted perception. That's how you view things. And high levels of anxiety and even hallucinations. What's that? Believing that somebody's thinking about you when they're not. Hallucination. Something that you're seeing that's there, but it's not really there. Am I talking to anybody today? Case studies, uh, studies of prisoners, <clears throat> of prisoners uh, kept in solitary confinement also indicate that the lack of human contact can lead to a cogn- co- cognitive breakdown. Isolation will make you sick. Not just physically, but spiritually. Now, isolation is not just dangerous to the person. It's also dangerous to others that come in contact 
with the person of isolation. Because I, I, for me, I know that if I see somebody who's down and out, I feel I'm drawn to them to try to, what can, I, and I get that from my dad. I, I text somebody this week and said, I want to be an encouragement. And they said, you, like my dad, and they're like, you carry that same. So if I see somebody, I want to be an encouragement to help lift them up. But how many knows that's a dangerous thing? Because not everybody wants it. Not everybody, want, not everybody wants, wants to be helped. They'll put their sign up saying, help me. But the moment you step in, they get offended. Uh, let me say it this way. Any cat lovers in the house? You, cats, bless your heart. Y'all pray for the Weber house because for some reason, we always get cats that show up that don't belong to us. And somehow they think that they now belong to us. And so we have a new one called Mila. And Mila is... She's, she, she's like a black tiger, okay? She's a cat, but she got, she, she, she would tear you up. Y'all ever had a cat that climbs a tree and they're good on the way up, but somehow they lost their sense of direction on how to get back down? And then you go to try to help them and they lose their mind just trying to swat at you. Mila is out by the, the, the pool. And, and so Dexter and Cooper go out every, every day to handle their business. And, and, and Dexter will lose his mind if he spots Mila. Like he forgets what he's supposed to be out there doing. I'm calling him, Dexter, let's go. Treat, come on. I'm, I'm saying all the code words, right? And he is not identifying. He identifies with, I'm fixing to mess her up. But what he don't know is Mila will mess, and she has, mess him up. She has swatted him. Man, I got marks on my arms because I would go out there and, and, and she's standing at attention, all the hair on her back, and Dexter's just like froze. I'm like, Dex, come on, boy. He ain't, he ain't hearing me. And so I go down to pick her up. I'm there to help her. I'm, uh, this is a true story. I'm trying to rescue Mila. Just happened yesterday. I'm done. I'm done helping. Cats. She goes, it's an above ground pool. She goes around the pool. She's crazy. She got all this yard and she goes around this little edge of the pool. I'm like, if she falls in, she is on her own. I'm not helping. Why? Because yesterday I went to pick her up and, and I've got her in that position of letting her know she's safe. I'm not going to harm you, Mila. Hey, sweet girl, I put it under my chin. She loves that. And that's what we always do. And again, this is not our cat. Somebody else's cat that now belongs to us. If you're missing a cat, I'll give you our address. You can come pick your cat up. No, and man, she went to hissing, and, and I've, I've got, I've got her. I mean, she got Freddy Krueger claws. I mean, like, and I'm like, just let her go before she attacks me. The same is true for people who they need help. They don't want help. And if you try to step in, they will lash out at you. Have you ever been there? Have you ever tried to help somebody? Have you ever wondered why it is that they lash out? Here it goes. Here's the answer. Proverbs 18.1. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desires and he breaks out against all sound judgment. That means somebody can be coming. Mila, I'm coming to you with the answer. I'm bigger than Dex. I can handle Dex. Come to daddy. I can't even believe I just said that. I'm not a cat person. Come to daddy. My dad never liked cats either. So anyway. And so come here. I'll help you. She didn't want the help. She can handle it herself. How many of you have put yourself in a position where you said, I can handle this myself? 
Have you ever found yourself where you lashed out at somebody who is simply trying to help? Verse two goes on and says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. They don't want to know the truth. They want to know really what you're trying to do. But only, but they only take pleasure in expressing their own opinion. I, I was trying to relate that, but that is exactly, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his or her, her own opinion. The warning here is this, anytime we're isolated, we will always seek our own desire. And we're only worried about our own opinion. Opinions are like a heart, everybody's got one. So what's the takeaway from here? This is where we dropped off last week. The takeaway is we must refuse the option of isolation. That's why you hear me say it a lot in here. This is safe place. This is a safe room. The people, when we say we're family, we're family. We're not supposed to do life alone. As a matter of fact, we read that in Genesis last week where God was, you know, where God was forming the heavens and the earth and everything he put his hand on. And when he completed, he said, it is good. It is good. It is good. And he looked at man, even though he said, man is good. But he said, this situation, not so good. What is it? It's not good for man to be alone. Yes, I understand that was because he, out of his own, out of Adam's own rib, he removed, put Adam to sleep, removed the rib and created and formed Eve as a helpmate. But that's just, that's just an indication. Again, we are not supposed to do life alone. We're not supposed to go through that lows alone. We're not supposed to go through the highs alone. We need somebody to help celebrate us and we need somebody to help pick us up or help get us out of a tree. When we've, re- when we've gone too far up that we can't find our way back down, recognize when somebody is being used to help. My brother Josh would always say, don't block a blessing. I always hate when he uses that stuff on me. And, and usually it's when he tries to pay for big brother's meal or something like that. And he's like, don't block a blessing. And I'm like, you, you, you know what? I'm going to let you have that. <laughs> I just can't touch it. I can't touch it. Joshua Weber, I love you. So the point that we must take away, and somebody reminded me of this this week, actually to our leadership team, it was a point from last week. We were created to pursue the plans of God with the people of God. We were created and designed to pursue God's plan for us and each other together, not alone. It's my desire as your pastor, that you would experience the freedom that can only be found and comes with getting in community and connecting with people and pushing each other closer to God. I don't want to rehash last week, but I love it where I I remember talking something to do with people who say this thing, this relationship that I have with God is between me and him. It doesn't involve anybody else. That sounds real admirable until you read scripture and find out you wrong, sister. (laughs) You're wrong, sir. You were never created or designed to do this thing by yourself. We rely on the strength, because how many knows one individual doesn't have all the answers? I may hold the title of pastor. That does not mean I hold all the answers. That doesn't mean that I handle every situation the right way. Anything my family wanna say right there? What was that? 
Not at all. Maybe later. <laughs> Listen, as I was preparing, as I was preparing for this talk, I started thinking it's not enough for me to just want this for you, but I have the responsibility to help facilitate it and make it happen for you. There's a story in the book of Acts. If you brought your Bibles, let's go there. Acts chapter 2. That gives us a pretty clear picture of what the church, that's us. We are the church. We are the church. Notice somebody say, you part of the body? You're part of the body? And we need to look at what it, what, what we're, spit it out. What the church should look like when we do this thing correctly, when we do church the way God has designed it, what will that look like? As we read this passage, Acts chapter 2, uh, we're going to go 42 through 47. I want you to think about this as, as we're reading this together. What if we actually lived our lives this way, the way we're getting ready to read? What if we as the church actually got connected and engaged as the church this way? If we modeled our lives this way, how much harder would it be for us not to ever experience the feelings of loneliness? This is what the church is supposed to look like. This was the first church. All the believers, verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Everybody say devoted. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what? Fellowship. Or in 2023, we'd be talking about hanging. We'd be hanging, right? To fellowship and to sharing in meals. I like that. Where's all my cooks at? I need to see who's the cooks. Who you, who you like to cook? All right, invitation, send it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's biblical. Come on, it's biblical. Well, you know we like to eat. You can't have a church gathering without some crispy fried chicken. And the church said, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonder, miraculous signs and wonders. So what's attached to the miraculous signs and wonders? Fellowship, hanging out, opening up, learning stuff about people. Where's, where's, where's um, Chip? Yesterday, we got to have breakfast together. And, and we've talked in passing, and, and literally, it was the last five minutes in the parking lot after half the crew was gone. This was men's breakfast just yesterday. If you missed it, you missed it. It was good food, right? It was, it was crazy. We were talking. Everything was loud, and, and, and the food came, and you could hear a pin drop. I was like, how do you get a men's group to be quiet? Drop food in front of them. Then there was a running joke that if it was a ladies' group, that they would have kept, kept on talking and asked for a to-go plate. Y'all know how you do. You, you, you're not going to waste the food. To-go plate, and we'll eat it later, right? I learned that he retired from law enforcement. Like, listen, when you start actually sitting down with people and having a relationship with people and you start fellowshipping, and sometimes it takes food to make that happen, hello, you learn people. You learn about what, what they like and, and then, and then I, I don't want to get too ahead of my notes, but that's when you start experiencing the miraculous signs and wonders of God because you've let your walls down, you've took your ball cap off, you've come out from behind whatever you're using for protection. Real quiet. So 
A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. That's a concept. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in, the, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Y'all, we are a generous church, by the way. I mean, we're, we're, we're coming down the home stretch. These eggs right here. This is, we're doing it for the kids to put a smile on their face. Not to say, not to put a track in there and go, do you know Jesus? Or put the church business card in there. We don't have a church business card. To say, hey, come to our church. And none of that. We're doing something free to the community just to let people know that God loves them. And he ain't asking for nothing. And their generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord, everybody say the Lord. Not a Facebook post, not an Instagram, not a TikTok, not a YouTube. It says the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The first thing I want to point out about this story is church is more than just, is more than just coming, attending, and leaving. We've got to get devoted to fellowshipping together. Why is this so important? It's hard to feel lonely when you're devoted to fellowship with one another. When you're devoted, when I'm devoted, and I say, let's not just talk about going out to eat like a double date. Let's make it happen, Captain. And do it. When you're devoted to that, you're less likely to listen to that lie of the enemy Nobody cares. Man, I listen to that voice. If you missed the last week, Pastor B was full transparent. You need to go watch, you need to go listen to last week's message. It's hard to feel lonely when you're devoted to fellowshipping with one another. The key to this whole thing is what? Us being together. That's the key to us telling the devil, not today and not ever. It's when you hang with people and they go, if you're going to get to him, you got to go through us. And that's the beauty of the church. Amen. 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 That's a weak clap. That's okay. Maybe we'll find another spot for you to get hooked up in the rest of the message as we, as we proceed. Man, this time is amazing today. See what happens when Pastor B doesn't jump up and lead worship? We actually move through the service. I know some of y'all are like, what was going on? Just vocal situations, just trying to be honest about what's going on here because this right here is important. Amen? And I love leading. I love that. But it's important that we get into the word of God. Somebody shout out, be together. Somebody say, make it happen. Captain. That's No, not captain. Not Captain Crunch. Captain. Captain. There you go. Somewhere along the line, we've got this thing called church twisted up into thinking that the church is like a sporting event and all we do is show up and watch. Hebrews chapter 10. I, I, I know I, I like to back stuff up with scripture. I just feel like that way people can't say, oh, that's just what you say. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to him. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 says this. Let us, did you already read this? I'm going to. 
only because I said it back there. I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't read it. He said, God said, no, you read it again. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect, everybody say neglect. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. There's another translation that says that some get in the habit of doing. You know how habit forms, right? I'm going I'm to I'm 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 go to the river today. And it's cool. It's, it's cool. I'm on, I'm on. Man, I got, it's been a rough week. I need, to, I need to stay home today. What'd you do on Saturday? I'm just curious, asking for a friend. A habit is formed when you repeatedly do the same thing over and over, and after a while, it won't even bother you. Okay, let me get back in the Word. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but instead encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. If you don't think that it is not, he is not about to wrap this thing up at some point, you need to open up your peepers because the writing is on the wall. I just want to tell somebody who walked into this room today that if all you come in here to do is just to sit, you are truly missing out on the experience that God really wants for you if all you do is sit, watch, observe, and head to the house. Man, get, get connected to an R group. Find ways to serve in the church. This is not a plug for volunteering, but we always, as this thing is growing, we, we're going to need more people to serve. It, it, it's wrong of us to think, well, well sister so-and-so, they're doing a great job. Do you want them to get burnt out? Hello? God did not design you to live life alone. Imagine the relationships that could form through serving, through serving coffee, through all the different areas within the ministry. For our remaining moments together, I want to talk specifically to our friends group. Everybody say friends group. And those that we have close relationships with and what should be present in those relationships. Y'all remember that saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I can show you what, where you will be a year from now if you introduce me to your friends for five minutes. I can tell you where you'll be. I can tell you if it's going to be a train wreck or if it's going to be paradise, based on who, who you're hanging out with. Who, who, because who you're hanging out with is who's got your ear. Who you're hanging out with has got connection to your heart. Because friends will either grow you into the future or they'll destroy you. I want to give you three things. This is where we were going to park last week, but I'm glad we came back because I feel like I've been able to settle down a little more and really share some stuff with you already this morning. I want to give you three things that should be a part of our close relationships. Here's number one, that we're praying for one another. That we're praying for one another. Think, again, think about, your, think about your circle of friends. Is that happening in your circle of friends? This is, that's a rhetorical question. Answer that in your head. Are you, do, you, do the friends that you hang out with, is that somebody that you would call? Are you, are you praying together? Is it already happening? Meaning, we're not just getting together to hang. I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to pray for me. 
I told you about the youth pastor at, at Pine Grove and, and uh, several months ago where he said, hey, let's go, let's go to lunch. We went to lunch, and as we wrap things up, he, I've never had this happen, ever have anybody ever said this to me. I mean, because after all, I'm a pastor, right? You're supposed to have it all together. <laughs> I'll never forget he looked across the table and he said, hey, B, is there anything I can pray with you about? Joshua Newton is his name. Dude, that kid is like in his 20s. And he said, is there anything I can pray with you about? Dude, I was floored. And I started thinking, man, I, I could do that. Finishing up your meal, waitress comes. Hey, is there, is there anything else I can get you before I bring your ticket? Y'all know the whole drill. And timing is everything. When you get to say, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? I'm not talking about going to super Christian mode. Do you know Jesus, sister? That's why people don't come to church. Because we try to dress it in religious garbage. That's why I want to try to be as real as I can. Man, can I, is there something I can pray with you about? A lot of times, waitresses and waiters, they'll actually, they'll, they'll open up to you and you don't even have to ask. You'll know about their kids. You'll know about their family. They're going on vacation. You'll know stuff. What does James, the book of James, what does James say about this praying one for another? James chapter 5 verse 16 in the message translation says this. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole. Everybody say whole and healed. See, you'll never be whole when you're pretending to be something and someone that you're not. You can never be healed when you're pretending that you're whole and healed. He can't, God can't protect me. Uh, God, can't, God can't heal my wounds if I'm protecting my wounds. <laughs> you got to take the ball cap off, sir. Yes. Pray one for another so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living, listen to this, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. So what's that look like? It's when we decide that church isn't just going to be something that we attend, but instead a family and a body that we belong to. Hey, 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 these arms, they growing by the way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That has nothing to do with the message. These arms need each other. When I go to the gym, listen, when I, this one needs this one because it can't do it. Try to pick up a barbell with one hand. Some of y'all probably could, not be. I'm, st I'm still a work in progress. Listen to what I'm saying. My, my body needs all, my, my, I need my legs to help support. Huh? This has got to be, this has got to be more than show up time and get entertained. This has got to be something that I'm connected to and I go, I need you and you need me and we in this thing together. And if you step away, I'm lost without you. Felt like a country love song. Lost without you. See, what happens is you and I get together with a couple people and we start sharing our weaknesses. I'm not saying just lay all your dirt on the table. Come on, somebody. Well, I did last night. I, no, I can't. Listen. But you should have a select group of friends. I'm going to show you how, how Jesus worked this out in just a minute. But you should have a select group of friends that you can honestly be transparent with. Sometimes I'm transparent up here almost, almost to a fault. 
But I need people to see, you know what? You are not on an island by yourself jacked up. We live it in Chiefland together, all jacked up. <laughs> no truer words have been said at the end of that video, I'll never be alone. As long as you're breathing, you jacked up just like the rest of us. But there's just something jacked up about you that may look different than mine. Let me ask you this. Do you have close friends that this is happening with right now that you can call and go, hey, I'm having, a, I'm having a rough time? Do you have somebody in your life that you respect their prayer life enough that you could call in the, in the middle of the night at your, worst, at your worst moment and you trust that they're gonna go to war for you in prayer? Do you have anybody in your life that you know you could call and depend on them and you know they're, they're not just gonna send a text and go, I'm praying for you, but they're praying for you. Listen, this ministry, it is so cool. That's why, that's why I brought up the leadership team last week because I wanted you to see who, who can I, who, if I can't get to Pastor B, who do I get to? And some of you are connecting with different leaders, and then we have this prayer chain, and then they send a text, and they go, hey, we need to pray for so-and-so for this specific reason, and then this is what we pray for. And listen, we're not just saying, send in the prayer emojis, I mean, hand, you know, pray emoji. We're actually, literally, type it out, prayers. We're in this thing together. I feel so passionate about this today, y'all. I'm just telling you. Listen, if you, don't have, if you don't have a person that you can call and say, hey, I need you to pray with me about this. If you, listen, if you don't have that person, you are robbing yourself of what you could have. So much more. So much more. Jesus modeled this so well for us. Listen, Jesus didn't just, just didn't kick anybody, just kick everybody to the curb. He loved everybody. He fed 5,000. Y'all ever, y'all ever, y'all ever had a, Y'all had a gathering where y'all fed 5,000? Me neither. Listen, he fed 5,000. He trained 120. He discipled 12. And he closely mentored an inner circle of three. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 in the ESV says this. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here. That's the 12. Sit here while I go over there and pray. Listen, it goes on. Jesus was saying, I love, the, I love all 12 of you, but I'm going to hit up my inner circle. I'm going to hit up, I'm going to hit up, I'm going to hit up my, my, my I'm going to hit up those that I'm mentor, those that I'm actually, I'm pouring into. They get to see a part of me that nobody else gets to see. You should have that. Don't just let everybody see everything. That's dangerous. See, because, because there were some things that, that Peter, James, and John did with Jesus that nobody else did. He said, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Listen, you can't be sorrowful with just anybody because anybody going to take your sorrow and put it on Facebook and trash, trash you. Listen, he said... I'm sorrowful even to the point of death. Remain here and watch with me. He didn't say that to the 12. He told that to the three. Who's your three? Maybe start out with one. And then grow from there. I got one. Yes. I got one. She knows the good. She knows the bad. And she knows the ugliness of Pastor B. 
If you got a spouse, that's your one. If you can't, be, if you can't trust her, him or her, then, then let's make arrangements for some, some marriage counseling because we got to get some trust going. You got to have a one. And then start adding to that. But be very careful. Amen? <laughs> you were supposed to see that. I did that by design. Our pastor loves his wife. Hmm. <laughs> Sound like an engine trying to start up, don't it? <laughs> Could be. Anyway, um, so real and vulnerable. Yep, that's what my notes say. I think I just was. Okay, so listen, when you get around your friends, is there something I can pray with you about? I challenge you, use it this week. Try to, try. And again, ministry is relational. If you go to a restaurant specifically local and you know the waitress or you know the waiter, let that, let that that's typically how I work, work uh, uh, the opportunity. Uh, uh, that's usually the door of opportunity that ministry flows through is through relationships. God typically doesn't lead me to another woman to minister to her. He doesn't typically give me a word, and if he does, I'm going to give it to Amy, and she's going to pass it along, because I ain't dumb. What can I pray with you about? Instead, what do we do? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. 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 Cool. Cool. That's, that's a real edifying conversation, isn't it? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Good. I'm good. Cool. How you doing? Good. You lie? Well, B, I don't really have the time. Then don't ask. I don't have the time to listen to the story. Then don't ask. Be intentional. <laughs> All right, number two. Encouraging and strengthening one another. This should be present in your relationships encouraging and strengthening one another first thessalonians 5 11 in the niv says this it'll be on the screen for you therefore encourage one another and build each other up it's the character of christ if it's not building somebody up it's not the character of christ the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. The thief comes to isolate you, put you in a corner. I know nobody puts baby in the corner. I, I heard that joke last week. Somebody told me about it. Y'all supposed to laugh right there? The enemy comes to back you in a corner, make you feel isolated, hurt you beyond recognition, hurt you beyond your honesty so that you are trapped and no longer can receive all that God wants for you because you are isolated. We see this in 1 Samuel. David is struggling, literally scared for his life, but luckily he has this guy named Jonathan in his life. Everybody needs a Jonathan who doesn't run from trouble <laughs> but they, they, they go right after it. Listen, everybody needs one. Read Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 23, 16 says this, and Saul's son, 
You want to talk about how close the relationship was? The dad that was pursuing him to destroy him. Remember I said ministry is relational. I'll always flow through relationships. God, I just, this, I did not see this like this until this moment. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. He went up against his own father. (laughs) I did not see this until right then. Do you have people in your life that will help you find strength in God? Not a strong, stiff drink. Not a strength in a substance, not a gossip session, but will help you find strength in God. What is that? That means you're pointing that person who is going through hell to God. Remind them of what God says about them. And forget the other trash. Do you have those friends? Let me, let me somebody say, well, I, I don't really know. Oh, I got to move, I got to move, I got to move. I don't really, I don't, I don't be, I don't know how to do this. Like I, I, I probably can accept the challenge of, hey, is there something I can pray with you about to my waitress or waiter? But, 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 but how do I really, how do I handle, how do I handle people who are hurting? I don't, I don't know what to say. Let me give you four verses. If, um, they're going to be up on the screen all together at one time. I want you to, if you got a camera, snapshot these. This is your answer. Man, that's so small. I wish I could have made it bigger. This is your answer. You tell them, Joshua 1, 9, that God is with you. You may feel all alone, but I'm here today to tell you that God is with you. And, you, and then you say, hey, ma'am, sir, buddy, pal, whatever you call them, I, I don't know. I don't know what God's plan. I don't know the plan. I don't understand why you're going through this season. But I do know, according to God's word, that he has a plan for your life to bless you and not to harm you and to give you hope. And I'm here in this moment to give you hope. I'm trying to help you help somebody else today, church. Listen, even though you can't see God working, he is. God is working behind the scenes, Romans 8, 28, and then Matthew 19, 26. With God, all things are possible. You try to do it on your own with a little bit of God, you're going to be trying to go, you're trying to, you're trying to go uphill. But if you just bring God into the equation 100%, whew. did everybody get it before she moves on? Those four verses will help you walk into any situation and offer strength and encouragement to anyone. So what should be present in your relationships? Praying for one another, encouraging and strengthening one another, and finally, number three, carrying one another's burdens. This is a tough one. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 in the Amplified says this, Carry one another's burdens in this, and in this way you will fulfill the requirements of, of the law of Christ. That is the law of Christian love. It's a requirement, y'all, that we bear one another's burdens. I know we don't like that word. Because once we hear it, now we're accountable to go do it. And we don't like that. Oh, I'm, I know. It's, it's rubbing me wrong today, too. And, I, and I'm the one that put this in the notes. <laughs> it sounds great, but it's so hard to do, isn't it? Can I tell you that we have a friend that will stick closer than a brother? 
I was finishing, looking over my notes this morning, and this young lady on Instagram was playing this harp, and she starts singing, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what a peace. Everybody say peace. Oh, what a peace we often forfeit. I've sang this song so many times, but it just hit me this morning when I, oh, what a peace we often forfeit, often. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all, who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. So take it to the Lord in prayer. I could go on and on and on and on. What am I saying? Simply this, just show up and be there. And remind them of some things that God says about them. And that's those four verses. And I'm excited to report to you today, church, that this is happening in this ministry. It's happening in this ministry. It's happening in this ministry. So when these three things are present, praying for one another, encouraging and strengthening one another, and carrying one another's burdens, do you know what you're shutting out? Preventing from happening loneliness. And there's freedom from loneliness. And it's found in connecting, praying for one another, encouraging and strengthening, and carrying one another's burdens. When we refuse to isolate ourselves and we stay connected in closing with God's people, it's in our connection that we find freedom from loneliness. When Amy and I decided, well, excuse me, <laughs> let me rephrase that. When Amy and I accepted God's decision to move us back to Chiefland, <laughs> not when I decided, because I didn't. But when Amy and I accepted, she accepted it a long time ago. I'm the hard head. She has the soft heart. Typically, mine is hard. He's working on that. When we accepted God's decision to move our family back to Chiefland in 2014, to walk alongside Dad and, and Robin in ministry, we decided right away, even before there was any ever talk of me stepping into a lead role of, of ministry here, we decided right away that we wanted to help create a culture that built a family and not a church. I asked Amy yesterday, I was like, have we done that? Have we done that? We've spent the last nine years building relationships, earning trust, and cultivating a culture where people feel safe, accepted, and valued. And together, we're going to continue to reach the lost, the broken, and the hurting people in our city. Together. 
what do I want for you? And what does God want for you? He wants you to stay connected. You'll have every opportunity this week to not show up next week. Remember, I'm not trying to build a church, I'm not trying to fill a room, I'm trying to build a family. And the only thing that I'm trying to get filled up is you. Not with me, not with my work, not with my opinions. Not with my music, not with my charisma, not with my jokes. I want to fill you with Jesus. I have a responsibility not just to go, God, I want it for him, but I have a responsibility to facilitate it. That's a smaller version of our groups. The other one's somewhere else that we used last week. But three people can connect to this our group. And I only have two. (laughs) But as long as you're open, you got connections too. You have the ability to connect with others. And together, we're going to reach the city for Jesus. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.